panned down from the twin sons of Tatooine. Uh, we are now close on the mouth of the Sarlacc pit. After a beat, the gloved Mandalorian armor gauntlet of Boba Fett grabs onto the sand outside the Sarlacc pit and the feared bounty hunter pulls himself from the maw of the sand beast. Okay, this is and exactly- And we realize uh, that he survived his fall uh, during the battle at Jabba's uh, palace ship. Welcome, everybody, to a very special edition of Back in My Day. My name's David Petrangelo, and this time, the not-so-stereotypical millennials will be looking at episode one of the Book of Boba Fett. We've run through The Mandalorian for two full seasons, and both or all three of us really, really love both seasons. So um, this is the next step in the Star Wars saga on Disney+. And uh, we're going to break down the episode for you in a bit of a mini-episode that will be on Patreon, which you may be listening to right now, but also on our main feed. So this is just a little taste of some of the stuff that we're going to do. We've already had a few episodes and uh, bonus episodes on there for you to enjoy. And uh, the two gentlemen that are joining me this time have done most of that. This is the first one I'm on, so here we go. <laughs> um, I am lucky enough to be joined by... Michael R. Power. Ian Walter. Gentlemen, okay, let's dig right in. Let's, let's just go right for it. Um, we're going to go sort of scene by scene, um, but uh, overall thoughts really quickly first. Uh, Ian, let's, let's go with you. Overall thoughts in a couple minutes, and then we'll, we'll go scene by scene. Sure. Like this was a highly anticipated series for me. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said we both loved both seasons of Mandalorian. I think that this kind of picks up where that left off, at least for the Boba Fett character and Fennec Shand um, from, that, from the second season of The Mandalorian. So it's not uh mandalorian season three by any means but it does kind of feel like it's set in that same universe like it's a shared um universe is part of the regular star wars canon and it still kind of holds the same aesthetic that kind of og trilogy feel that we got from the mandalorian I, I still feel like they've captured that here and it's only one episode but i think they've done a good job of kind of bringing us up to speed um both in the the past from what happened to Boba Fett from Return of the Jedi and then bringing it forward to the present and kind of mixing those two storylines. And I hope that they continue with that going forward. And I'm not sure how many episodes they're going to do, but I, I feel like they, they've got a cool format um, that I'm looking forward to. I think it's seven it episodes. Develops. Nice. Seven yeah. episodes. Seven's so a good I, number. I see it. See it being like chapters of Boba Fett's life, and we'll see stuff that we didn't know that Boba Fett got up to in the past, which I hope they, they explore more of those. That's what I was thinking. Things. It seems like the mm -hmm. format of this could be the format of each episode, which may not work for everybody because it's a lot of jumping back and forth. Um, mm -hmm. For example, Mike, I'll, I'll let you uh, give your thoughts in just a sec. But for example, when I was watching it with my wife, she she doesn't really know, right? Like she under, she knows who Boba Fett is. She kind of remembers the Return of the Jedi scene, and you know she knows him from The Mandalorian because she watched that with me too, and really liked that show as well. But um, you know, I kind of had to explain like what they were doing when they went back and what the difference was between the current story and the flashback because it was hard for her to tell the difference between the mm -hmm. two because like what Mike is probably going to say at some point is that it's all in Tatooine. So it's hard to tell in some ways. So it's a lot of sand. So if you're not, you're not as familiar as obviously we would be, I can, I can see that being a little bit of a hurdle. So, uh, Mike, uh, 
Mandalorian, you said, has been the best Star Wars anything since the original trilogy. So, so yeah. far in these 25 minutes, 26 minutes, whatever it totaled, um, how'd you feel? The double-edged sword, right, Mike? Yeah, yeah it's a double-edged sword for me. <laughs> because if you, if you told me like that we're getting a Boba Fett series before The Mandalorian, like, if I heard this three or four years ago, probably wouldn't be that excited, right? I'm the, I'm the one in a series the most that says... You know, the universe is large. Let's tell other stories. But Disney seems to always keep going back to the well with these characters from the original trilogy, usually from the timeline in the original trilogy. And so if someone said, you were getting a Boba Fett series and you're going to see what happened to him from the Twilight Pit, I would have been like, enough of this. Let's move on. But they gained so much goodwill from me from The Mandalorian that, you know, this creative team that did The Mandalorian, I'll just watch anything they put out. And um, yeah, it was, it was a great episode. I think... Um, I have critiques about it beyond the critique of, you know, I, I wish it never got made sort of thing because like, you know, I want them to do, tell something new, but if it's going to get made, it's still made very well. I think I will say though, this first episode as a pilot episode is far inferior to the Mandalorian pilot episode, which ended with that huge reveal and left so many questions. Um, this episode plot wise was a big nothing burger, like big, big nothing burger because a lot of setup. A lot of Everything that happened in this episode, we already knew from the Mandalorian. Like we knew he survived the Starlight Pit because we saw him in the Mandalorian. We knew he overtakes the Leonardo World Tatooine because that happened at the end of the Mandalorian. And those are the only things that really happened in this episode. So it really was pretty much zero plot and all table setting. So I can't wait for the next episode. I think it could be really good. Uh, I still think you know the action was good. It looked amazing seeing all the cool characters. So it was still a fun episode. I still enjoyed my 35, 40 minutes with it. But yeah, not a lot really happened plot-wise. And there's not there's a little bit of stuff to speculate on, which we will get into. But I, I'm i more excited for what's to come in the next episode, for sure. Yeah, I think that's that's what they're trying to do, too, is, is set the table, like you guys both said. Mm-hmm. Um, and I yeah, I think probably out of the half hour of this episode i would say 60 percent of it was in the flashback time um but what i did what i liked about it is as much as i do still have the whole i do have a little bit of a hesitation just being like oh he is a mystery and that's what made him so cool i do Mm -hmm. still think that that is always going to be true but at least what they tried to do in this and what they may do like you said ian before about going back in chapters of what led him up to this time is like the the thing I kept saying to myself is like, wow, he really went through the shit when he got out of that pit. Like he really got his butt kicked for what presumably is a few weeks um, of what they showed in this episode. So like, I think they're really giving you a lot of context as to why he's not the same person. Um, mm-hmm. So I appreciate that part. That's what I like is it seems like that's where they're going because there's a little bit of a hesitation of like, oh, he's just a badass bounty hunter. And now he's going to, as he says in the episode, quote unquote, rule with respect as opposed to rule with fear so i think they're trying to sort of build as to why he's that person and i like that i i'd i'd rather have have that than just a random change you know yeah and i have to say dave i agree with you like i think boba fett what made him so great and a fan favorite is that he was so mysterious Mm -hmm. but they already took away a lot of that with the prequels so it's like eh, whatever they do now like they made him like you know the son of Jango Fett, who was obviously a very, very important character because he was the he is the clone of every single stormtrooper. Yeah, that's true. That's and true. Boba Fett's his son, so like he's already been 
made not mysterious and you know his whole backstory so that's true they've already taken that all away from us in the prequels so now it's like do what you will with the character and tell <laughs> some cool stories right so yeah it's you fine know, it's just that's a good point it's also a good jumping yeah. off point for this episode because yeah. that's kind of we dive right in we we see exactly what happened they waste no time uh kind of bringing you up to speed and showing you what happened to him like like you said we already kind of surmised what mm-hmm. happened but at the same time you know there's all the diehard fans will know that you know anyone could have guessed that he crawled out of the Sarlacc pit and mm-hmm. you know Patton Oswald included because we were basically <laughs> told those things inside the books and now these books like for the longest time the movies had nothing to do with the expanded universe of this of Star Wars but now they are starting to cherry pick of these moments from the books that that kind of can bleed their way into the current canon or this current wave of series and films so i think like there is something exciting about that as long as they're continuing to deliver on quality and this mm-hmm. and that and uh you know starting from the beginning we see him we had seen him in the stinger of Mandalorian in season two he comes in uh takes you know wax bib fortuna and takes the throne of jabba's palace with Fennec Shand at his side and then now we're seeing right off the bat he's sort of chilling in Jabba's palace in the back to tank healing himself from all those scars and whatever and this is where he's rethinking like his journey which you know what led him to this point which is of course what we saw you know what what things that might have seemed cheesy back when we watched the prequels like little Boba but it actually I don't know I don't know how you guys, your mileage may vary. It, it kind of tugged at my heartstrings to see him, you know, he witnessed his dad get his head cut off, Django Fett, and here he is picking up his armor and kind of taking up the mantle of, you know, with this Mandalorian armor, and, and that's what he's thinking about in the back to tank. And then, of course, the next thing is him ex- escaping from the Sarlacc pit, which yeah. is what we wanted to see. Like, even if we kind of gathered that, we still need to see it. And I thought that the shot of him crawling his way out of the pit like out of the sand was actually a really uh cool visual That's yeah i like see. and i like if they didn't sh- show it there would have been people yeah, asking they had to for show it something. and wanting and it to know so yeah, yeah they didn't spend that much time on it too which is actually no. good like they didn't go and spend 10 minutes of like him crawling through the sand or him fighting his way out of the pit the pit itself i, I liked how he you know he sees the other stormtrooper in there and he's the acid is sort of burning him and stuff i thought that was pretty cool too so um, well, they, and the thing is, it's a lot of just like visual, like f- those flashbacks, they're very brief, but even just seeing the shot of Camino, that did a lot yeah. for me. Just being like, yes, like this is the stuff I want to see out of these series. I want to see them connect the dots. Like it doesn't always have to be retread of the uh, Skywalker saga, but I do like to see that it's like they're paying attention and they're connecting from here to there. And if the, if the character has been missing for some time, let's let's show you and remind you the things that like made you love the character or maybe you already loved him from the OG trilogy and then yeah. you know we went here and did this other stuff but we're going to remind you that it's all relevant so yeah. that, that's that's what I, I liked about that and then of course we knew what happened to his armor from episode one of season two so chapter nine I think it was like the marshal uh, we had Cobb Vanth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was like the the marshal of that kind yeah, of, that was episode two. of yeah. on Tatooine and and he had he had his own flashback moment where he was left for dead and um, he made a trade with the Jawas to acquire the armor. Now we see the flip side of like, you know, the Jawas stealing the armor off of Boba Fett and as he was left for dead. So I thought those were some cool parallels to kind of connect all these characters together. Um, and then yeah, I, like, I always like the Jawas. So anytime they show up, I'm like, all right, yeah, sweet. <laughs> it just yeah, takes, because, takes you back. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because we saw, we saw, um, 
you know, Mando, uh, Din Djarin, he was dealing yeah. with the Jawas. He he was going to fight them all the way he always has. And then I think, uh, was it Krillin? Uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, the, oh, the, um, the Ugnaught, yeah. you know? The he showed him another and, way. Yeah. He showed him... Um, he Quill, befriends them, right? Creel? Creel? Or something like that? Um, yes. You know, yes. where, where yes. he says... Uh, <laughs> I've spoken, that guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so he, he showed Din another way that we, we can trade with the Jawas as long as you kind of play by their rules and whatnot. Yeah. And then we see um, both Mando and Cobb Vanth working with the Tuscan Raiders in the first episode of season two. So I like that, you know, we've we've viewed the Jawas and the Tuscan Raiders as just like get villains across the sands of Tat- Tatooine. And now we kind of see from their perspective, they have their own code. They have their own way of doing things. So it's actually the Tusken Raiders that pick up Boba Fett yeah. and sort of captive, um, you know, capture him and, and make him work for them. So, so I thought like a lot of that was some good world building, especially because I don't know if you guys know this, but in the original trilogy, there was a deleted scene with Tusken Raiders kind of walking across the sandstorm. And that, that was, I don't know if it was, they were using shots from that or they're just kind of mm. trying to capture the same aesthetic. But when the San uh, Tuscan Raiders come to uh, pick up Boba Fett, it kind of gave me the same vibe as, as what they were doing in the original. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. Cause they're, and then they added like a couple in the, in the uh, special editions as well. They added mm. a couple shots of them in there and all that so that's that it kind of reminded me of that too but it's uh i was also happy to see the sarlacc pit was like the same old sarlacc the yeah. original sarlacc pit and they not didn't the, fancy the it up or anything one with the fancy you know with special that, effects that looked like the too. um the plant from little house Gov- of horrors Ven- yeah like <laughs> flytrap or something yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah so so that i think all the flashback i know it took up most of the episode especially because we go back to that storyline mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. but i do think it's necessary to kind of show that this is Boba fett's journey and he's gonna have to show us why he's worthy of wearing the armor not just some guy running around in stolen mandalorian armor like this is he's actually gonna show even though he's a bad dude he does live by a certain code and he is he should by the end of this be worthy of a mantle in that armor, so I yeah. thought that was cool. So, what would you guys would you guys think of the how they portrayed like the the Tuscan Raiders because they they're 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 kind of um, uh, not mercenaries, but they're uh, what, what what's the word I'm looking for? Um, <laughs> oh, they're nomad. They're nomads. Nomad, right? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, but you know they they have like you said they have their own code and everything too, and the way they treat them as as like a prisoner and he's. I, what I did like is how you don't really know, like you're trying to figure out what they're saying and what they're doing, just like Boba Fett is, you know, like you're, you're sitting there and there's no subtitles of what they're saying. You're trying to discern exactly what's going on and why, just like he is. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I like when, I like when shows and movies do that because then you're not ahead of the character. You kind of appreciate what they're going through a little bit more, which I liked, um, I see the Tuscan Raiders similar to uh, in the Dune movie. There's the Freemen, who are the. Mm. It's also oh, yeah. Sand Planet, I was just about and they say the same thing. I'm glad you. Yeah, brought they're that like up. the natives of the Sand Planet, and right. I feel like the Tuscan Raiders are like, like native to um, Tatooine, and so like they they survive off of the land, but it's a sand planet, so there's like little water. It's very harsh, so they've been like hardened over generations, and they're like really tough warriors but they're like covered in head to toe and and they've like a they've like figured out how to survive like out living out in the sand right like 
like where to find water, find food. And they, they're like the only people because they are native to the land that can like survive in those like harsh environments. Anyways, that's how I always seen them. And like, so yeah, obviously they have their own, you know, their own code, their own way of doing things. And I think it's leaning towards, it starts with them sort of capturing Bo, but it seems like they kind of capture people that do their like grunt work because they had another ca- uh, person they captured. And I think it's, uh, yeah, I think it's going to go to kind of towards the same thing that Doom kind of does where he kind of like, gains their respect and maybe he doesn't come their leader but he kind of like joins them yeah and which, there's a yeah. mutual respect there at the end yeah they well even yeah water. even when he gets captured too because he initially tries to escape it's funny because he uses the dog's tooth to break his bonds and yeah. then he tries to save he tries to help the rodian and the rodian actually <laughs> rats um, him out beats him out yeah, yeah. rats yeah. him out and so he he runs away and now he has to fight one of the i think it's a female tuscan raider and she's got that like the stick thing or whatever mm-hmm. they call it uh the gaffy stick or whatever it is and and so that's the one we see him with when he doesn't have his armor when we first see him in the mandalorian so yeah right that's showing you when they they show you she's using that stick that at some point he's gonna acquire that stick whether yeah it's or, or one like that ability or yeah. it's through yeah something like maybe that. they make him and, one because he's part of the, the the clan or the group or yeah. whatever yeah something yeah. like that that and was a cool fight of, too that was that was cool yeah. because you kind of believe that he is tough enough, he's a badass enough that he could actually win that fight. But then it's like, it, you know, after a couple of punches are thrown or missed, you know, you're kind of like, ah, no, this guy's been through too much. He's not, he's not going to He's been through this. the ringer, yeah. Yeah, exactly. he's been through a lot already in this yeah. 10 minutes. And the Tuscan know. Raiders are, like, tougher. They're, they're, they're badass, warriors. Man. They're like warrior people, right? They're, like, tougher than yeah. uh, they look, you know, they've, they've, in the previous movie. So it's kind of cool to see, yeah, kind of like, uh, that's like instantly is dune and the freeman and it's similar they're like great warriors and they're sort of hardened by living in the desert so it's kind of like a lot of parallels there yeah 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 and then you know we're we're brought back to the present where fennec is waking him up and saying you know we have business to attend to and so he's actually suspending the back to process he's not fully healed from right. all of yeah. it. he's just kind of uh taking a breather from it and and holding court essentially in java's palace which i thought was pretty cool yeah especially because most people are trying to give tributes and then we get that sketchy guy uh from the mayor like the mayor's delegate who comes mm-hmm. in and he's like being all cryptic and no no no, we're, we don't have a tribute for today but where's our tribute and then you know fennec's going you want me to waste this guy and, <laughs> and boba fett's like no, i think what do you say the tribute is a warm our warm welcome or something that's, a warm welcome right. or something that's yeah right. that's all you're gonna get and then on that's top of get. that what are you gonna give us and that's where fennec's like whoa hold on like you know, jabba would have fed you to his menagerie like mm-hmm. you guys gotta give us something or and then we're not like she tells boba that fett like he's like i'm confused and she's like well we're gonna like they're expecting you to pay them yeah, and he's like, no, 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 like I'm not having that. Like, you better. That's come not how this works. Kind of yeah, exactly. And then the guy's kind of like, okay, this is gonna be interesting because he kind of gives a a look and goes, okay, well, that's not gonna go over well with the mirror. So, he, goes, yeah. so he turns around and what does he say? He says, expect further uh, contact or something like that's that. Right, that's right. Yeah. Expect <laughs> to see me again, basically. Yeah, and, uh, it's it's good though. It's like um, you know, he's taken over the underworld, but it's not doesn't come so easy, right? So yeah. all these other crime lords are giving him offerings and then you know that's setting up a little conflict there's at least one out yeah. there that doesn't recognize his uh yeah his him on the throne right well, so and, that's and he's the mayor good. so he's like the the proper quote-unquote proper political i guess yeah. uh figure in the thing so it's going to be hard for him to sort of you know may, maybe now that that um that job is well, gone, I, don't if, I don't know if mayor means the same, the same? in this oh, context i think they're yeah. all criminals and it's just a word yeah, i mean 
Either yeah, yeah, way, yeah. though, he's holding some sort of authority where he was used mm-hmm. to dealing with, I'm sure, Bib Fortuna, who's kind yeah. of like we know him as a sniveling weasel type to Jabba. So when Jabba ruled by fear, you know, almost unopposed, he basically ruled Tatooine. Whereas uh, anyone that came after that, like Bib Fortuna, wouldn't have the same experience. He would have to kind yeah. of barter with the mayor and do all these other things because he's not necessarily as fearful or as fearsome yeah. as yeah. Jabba, right? Before we and move so- on, I think this mayor character is one of the big mysteries. And I wonder if, if you want to say it to the end or if, do you want to go now into any speculation or any guesses well, I'll do the who speculation this might be? At the end. Let's do the speculation. Okay. There's, one, yeah, there's we'll- one scene I want to get to for sure before we get okay. to the speculation. Okay. So, <laughs> the other point of this uh, this court, holding court scene was that um, he acquires two Gamorrean guards, which I actually really like. Yeah, I love, I love that. So, I love so, that. So this is showing that Boba Fett wants to do things his way. He wants to do it... Um, would you say not ruling by fear, but ruling by, by respect. Uh, respect? By respect. So, yeah. so this is like the new way of doing things. And it's going to be a bumpy road because mm-hmm. you know they have to go. They go from there to visit the sanctuary, right? Yeah. So that's run by this woman named Garza Whip, and she also gives him a tribute. Um, and it's funny it. because <laughs> yeah, because Fennec was trying to get him to play by the rules, yeah. and then she's trying to decline the helmet service and he's like no 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 let's let's play by the rules like you told me <laughs> so like it's it's kind of like that and i like that scene too because that's another kind of cantina scene it is. we get max rebo and the band mm-hmm. back together and they're, they're playing like, like they're playing like country music or something what? like he's almost no, it's like, like a latin latin that's what of it like is the cantina, yes, of the yeah. cantina music the classic so you know for however many years what is it now like eight years since uh, five to eight years since return of the jedi he's he's just been playing the same old cantina <laughs> <laughs> and kind of tweaking it uh, a little. You and know, they got a robot on the drums, hits, too. You know? yeah. <laughs> so it was pretty good. <laughs> that was good. Um, I like and that. then, of course, we move from that scene to the big ambush outside. So yeah. that's a, a that's our first, like, well, not our first major action sequence, but our first, like, involving um, big fight scene. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. That was fun. It was big. a fun chase scene. There was, like, a bit of a, you know, it seems like they just want to kill everybody. And then right before... Uh, Fennec runs off. He's like alive, like he tells her to, to, to keep him alive, which I think is is really cool too. Another sign because yeah, you of know how... Fennec's willing to just waste these guys. Well, yeah, right? and so... they wasted everybody else, right? Like everyone yeah. else died. So, um, so two guys run off, and and he says like, make sure that 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 you get him alive, and uh, and that you know that they're, they're running through the rooftops and everything, and I thought it looked really good. You know, I'm sitting there like saying out loud as I'm watching it to my wife, going, um, it's just amazing that this looks real and just thinking of like the technology that they're using which we've seen in all the behind the scenes stuff how you know the only things that are really real that they're running on is probably the floor like whatever they're physically touching i feel like is the only thing that's real in those scenes and it looks they're jumping over and whatever yeah it would have been cool to see how they set up the volume yeah which which they which we might be able to see right um yeah they they usually do the gallery the The gallery that's it yeah where they show you behind the scenes but you know before we hit record we were talking about assassin's creed that kind of gave me assassin's creed vibes that that whole run chase scene so we were we were making a joke because our, our dog that jumps up and down the couch a couple times, you know, while we're watching it and stuff. And, and I said, uh, when she does that, for some reason, it always reminds me of the op- office episode where, um, I don't remember which one it is. Parkour. 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 Oh, yeah. And then, <laughs> so like literally as the dog's doing that, they're doing that in the show. And I'm just like, parkour, parkour. <laughs> 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 just so I, I saw that as actually some people were using that as a negative com- comment like we're still doing parkour in 2021 oh. or whatever but like 
Are you serious? Like, I thought that that was a really well uh, choreographed sequence. Yeah. Jumping um, over a couple, yeah, you know, yeah. gaps. So what? Like, People nitpick anything these days. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> true. that's true. That's true. Um, but it was funny when that all popped off. I I noticed the Jawas took his tribute from his helmet. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone just they just run <laughs> for it. Jawas always. Yeah. they're always the there. Party. They're always there looking yeah. for it. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're the there. cleverest characters in Tatooine, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I love how there's Jawas on other planets. We saw that in the Mandalorian. They, they yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. wear different colored cloaks, but they're always there. <laughs> yeah, sneaky <laughs> bastards, you know. <laughs> And I liked how uh, the Gamorrean guards um, saved them, and it, it just show it's like a little bit thing of like you know, he chose to spare their lives and say like if I spared your lives would you uh, work for me? And that's sort of the first time he sort of I'm going to rule with respect, and it kind of in that first episode comes back to be a benefit and like kind of save their lives. So it's yeah. kind of like showing that ruling with respect can kind of also get you there and and pretty quickly like the better way yeah Yeah. so i like that well and it's it's interesting because you get to see them actually do something because in jedi you Mm -hmm. don't really get to see them do much um and you can see that even though they're like these short stocky guys with with beer bellies what what it looks like they can throw a punch or two and and have their Mm -hmm. weapons and stuff and it works so i thought that was cool and i we mentioned the format i don't know how you guys feel about them going back and forth but i did think this was a cool transition because you know he gets injured from the battle and presumably goes back to the back to tank Mm -hmm. and that's where we saw him reliving his memory so now we go back to revisit the storyline with the tuscan raiders and see what's happening there so it kind of makes sense in that respect Mm -hmm. and i do like that we're seeing because all of this whether it's a flashback or present day it's all taking place after the sarlacc pit yeah so Whatever, however you feel about Boba Fett, he's a changed man now that he's come out of there, and he's having these experiences that are informing who he is going to be going forward. So he he has been this kind of most fearful bounty hunter, and I think that you know even if he's not the best bounty hunter in the entire galaxy, he is the most notorious because we had the most world like the most uh, you know infamous smuggler of all time was Han Solo, and he was the one that captured him and froze him in carbonate so so there yeah. is some notoriety there that he gets to he's resourceful kind of cling to and and everyone and i knows will say him because of that so having him as a main character it makes more sense than having someone like that was truly part of the empire because bounty hunters like you know in history of cinema or whatever they always make good sort of anti-heroes because it's not that they're evil they're just like hired to do a job right. you know what i mean and they're just like, like if you the pay me for this job hired him for yeah exactly and it's like the empire is like the government it's no different than like if the government says like there's a bounty in the old west or whatever there's a bounty on this person like you're not judging if they're guilty or not you're just going to collect your bounty right so you could be a good honorable person you're just going to collect your bounty you want to do your job your job is to collect people that the government or whatever says is bad and so like he's not necessarily in my mind like purely evil right he could still have like like a code of ethics or you know like respect and not kill innocent people so he makes a good he makes a good um, anti-hero kind of character, which I never was good anti-hero. So yeah, that's why that's why I think it's, it's yeah, good. yeah. No, it's a good I mean, point. he's he's ruthless. He wouldn't want to get in his way, but it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that he's just going to go out of his way to kill younglings. And that's kind of where mm-hmm. we go into the 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 flashback again. And and this is where the Tuscan Raider youngling mm-hmm. is trying to take him and the Rodian for a little. Uh, jaunt to go a, uh, you know, a, mission, a mission to go get some water yeah and i i don't know how like if you guys read this the same way but it seemed like they 
they wanted to go get it by conventional means, and then they saw that the water was being kind of um, controlled by these gangsters and like being uh, ransacked, and therefore mm-hmm. like that wasn't an option at that time. So they mm-hmm. had to, and because they're the Tuscan Raiders, they have they're resourceful. They they know of other ways to obtain water. They you know he instructed the the child instructed Boba Fett and the Rodian to dig for those little orbs that contain water. So yeah, the I thought orbs. that was little cups. That was an interesting thing. I was getting Eggs I, or something. I don't, I don't know about you like guys, that. but when he was first digging and you see like the claw, I was definitely getting Jurassic Park vibes. Oh yeah, um, it definitely looked like a, covered like he's yeah. like uncovering a fossil almost. Yeah, and then I thought that, it, I that. thought it was a fossil, and then I'm like, oh no, he's co- he's uncovering too much. Something's gonna happen, and then yeah. and then Goro comes out of the sand. That's right. <laughs> And then Goro emerges from the sand. Yeah, the big Goro guy. Uh, <laughs> it seems like, like there's the no end to monsters that we can yeah. find under the sand. There's always something in the sand, I I'm guess. I'm always down to see what will pop up next from the sand dunes. <laughs> I, d- I definitely did not expect something to look like that. You know, like, because I think, no. you know, because in Mando we saw... Uh, we saw the dragon. I think I think it technically was uh, a, considered a dragon. Uh, yeah, stuff, the... But, the um, uh, what do they call it? The yeah, the crate dragon. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Right. So I thought maybe it would be something like that, but smaller. But no, it's it literally just looks like a gray goro, almost mm. like which is hilarious. Yeah, it was a, it was it was funny. The creature design actually it did give me sort of original trilogy vibes. It almost looked like it was claymation or something. The way it moved, like it was. It was I kind of liked it. Kind of fits the. I, I did notice that at least part, Tatooine, so. yeah, at least part of it was practical, which I guess it does have to be when he jumps mm-hmm. on its back. But like he puts the chain around its neck, and you can actually see the skin of it kind of pulling. So it's oh. not like he threw it. It's not like what they did was he threw it around some you know green screen item or blue screen mm-hmm. item and pulled. It actually looked like they had some sort of physical item there for him to climb and pull. And I appreciated that on the close up, it didn't just look like a guy holding onto a big CG square or mm-hmm. something. You know, um, yeah. so that was kind of cool. It was a really really quick shot. But I just ha- my eyes just happened to be right on the spot where the chain on his neck was, and it just looked like skin was being pulled back. I'm like, that's that's cool. I, I think I appreciate yeah. that. So, and it, it's funny because you say Goro, and that's exactly what he looks like when he first emerges. But yeah. I think he looks more natural when he starts to move because he kind of gets on all fours. Yeah, he gets on all fours. Looks yeah. like more natural when he's moving around. But when he first like stands up, he's yeah. got all his. Arms. He's got four arms. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I don't know, like if Boba Fett is the hero of his own story, I thought that was a very big hero moment because it definitely gave me. You know the Princess Leia vibes when he's when she's yeah. strangling Jabba the Hutt. So nice. yeah, uh, you know it, it all yeah. ties in. There's a lot of echoes in Star Wars, but I, I do appreciate those moments rather than, you know, I, I, I guess you could I roll your eyes using too many moments over and over. But I, I do like how there's echoes throughout. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't I, I didn't even think of that, so it didn't even occur mm-hmm. to me. But uh, yeah, it's an echo, but it's not a repeat, and it doesn't happen in the same way. So yeah, exactly. You know, it's totally fine. What now? Now next they they I'm jump I'm jumping over your your uh, your. Oh, du- we're basically here. There's but, only like one scene left. Yeah. So. so so when they go back, did he did he tell the kid to say that he did it that the kid did it or did Boba Fett do it? Like so I, I I'm trying to think I think I think he told the kid to say like you take the credit, but then the leader or the father or whoever that guy is knows that that didn't really happen. So he tossed right. them the water. That's what I think happened, which I think so is like, kind of cool. 
So you think the story could be that, like, the kid took the chain off Boba so that he could strangle that thing? Yeah, like, ultimately then... the kid killed it, but obviously Boba Fett would have had to help and everything, too. But ultimately the kid is the one that, that killed the monster. Right. Well, that's, and, that's interesting. Yeah, and then there's, like, this respect thing of, of the leader looking at him going, here, you can have water because I know what really happened. Or mm-hmm. even if he doesn't, mm-hmm. even if he does believe the story, either way, you helped the young mm-hmm. man, or you helped my son or whoever he might be. Yeah, I see that. Might be. Yeah, I see yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. So that's the way I saw it. But maybe I'm just trying to give Fett more credit <laughs> for, yeah. for not taking the credit. I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying to make him the extra good guy in that moment. But I thought that would be... It's kind of cool that they leave it open-ended. Again, same thing I was saying before, where it's like you don't hear what they're saying. So you just have to mm-hmm. interpret what might be going on, um, which, I, which I like. Yeah. And I got to say, like, it is a retcon, obviously, the whole climbing out of the Sharlacc pit. Um, thing. However, it's a retcon that does make sense inside of the expanded EU, like I said, the expanded Star Wars uh, galaxy. So it's, I don't know, it, it worked for me because it made sense when you see it happen, like that he would be able to do something with all of his gear and his super armor and, and this and that, that he w- he is a bit of a resourceful kind of yeah. bounty hunter and, and therefore would, like even though it was kind of a jokey way that how he got in there, he, he would have a, a way to, to get himself out of it. Get it, it, it does track for me. Yeah. Um, it's not just like a cheap... It doesn't play like a cheap move for me. I don't it think so either. Like I agree. Yeah. And, and, and Mike, you made a good point. It's not like this pilot episode is groundbreaking compared to what the Mandalorian did. Um, and I think part of that is, like you said, is like um, this is kind of territory we're familiar with, Tatooine, whereas... The Mandalorian is a completely original character mm-hmm. with his own storyline, so we don't know anything about him or what's going to happen. And and that that story from that first episode of The Mandalorian was so captivating because it literally took it, he had his own like mini arc within the series mm-hmm. um, play out over one episode. And this is it does have the same vibe, but it's like it's parallels. It's like we're we were already like the cats out of the bag. We we're already exposed to type of uh well the the mandalorian pilot, what it did so good is to, like it yes it set up the characters but then it also at the very end had this like massive reveal cliffhanger. yeah cliffhanger that set you on this like on this like oh you have to see more what is this all about and then it became a sort of lone wolf and cub type story of this bounty hunter and this baby and in the first episode you were kind of introduced to that and it was such a big mystery right and in this Boba Fett thing, like, I don't really see the mystery. I don't, like I said, I don't think there was much plot given in this season. This was all just table dressing, mm-hmm. table setting for, like, hopefully what's going to be an interesting plot that's revealed maybe in the next season. But yeah, like, you know, we kind of knew he survived. We kind of knew he took over the underworld and that was all they were setting up. So it's all things we've known. And it was just, it was a pretty package and it was a, it was a fun, it was an interesting, it was a fun watch. And cool stuff happened, but plot-wise, it was lacking as a pilot episode to me, other than setting up, you know, like I said, the characters. The next but step. yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm that... just wanting to see what what's going to be the overarching plot of these seven episodes, right? Mm-hmm. That's not really thus to be seen. You had some, yeah, you had some speculation, Mike. What, what was your speculation? Oh, yeah, well, the only the only really mystery, um, and I think this will probably reveal the next episode is who the mayor is. I think they're mm-hmm. setting that up as sort of the one plot thread that maybe we can, that maybe 
can be carried on from this episode. So right. um, it's not my own guess, but I I thought I saw and I some people speculating that the mayor could be Kiara, which is Ooh. the Amelia Clark character from that would be Solo. Fun solo oh, story a solo i forget that what that movie's called a solo story solo or star like that. wars story yeah. so that, that would be fun because so, that uh was she was it tatooine i guess she wasn't she wasn't left there but she knew that that's where han solo was headed yeah and she yeah. was a nefarious character so and it, she didn't they die her, so like, they left what her with a twist been up to? yeah yeah what she'd been up to since that in the, the last solo 20 years story or whatever last 20 yeah. years so yeah not a bad call pretty, because yeah. uh per, like assuming that she outlives um darth maul mm-hmm. um basically the last time we ever see darth maul in the animated series is on tatooine so yeah um mm-hmm. so it's yeah it's a very it's a pos- distinct possibility i don't know who the mayor could be but i do if i want to see any cameos from anyone in star wars for this series is our first live action look at Cad Bane, who's another bounty hunter? Oh who, yeah, uh, I think I think we should see some other bounty hunters in this series because it is centering on the most famous bounty hunter in the galaxy. So mm-hmm. um, it would be cool to see that he's a character from the Clone Wars and mm-hmm. maybe Rebels. I can't remember how cool, many times he pops up. But he's he's a great he's a great. Uh, he showed up in Bad Bunch, did he not? Oh yeah, he was in the Bad, Bad Batch. Batch, that's right. yeah. Bad Batch. Yeah, yeah. That's he was, right. he's always cool. He's sort of he's the he's the gunslinger, right? Like he's the Western yeah, gunslinger. He, he's yeah. perfect yeah. for a Tatooine. Uh, that's episode, exactly right? what he's but, perfect for. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, you know, looking at that battle with the Sand Monster, it's obviously reminiscent of Episode Two of The Mandalorian, which Chapter Two he goes and fights the Mudhorn yeah. on a mission for the Jawas, yeah. and this Ooh. is where Boba Fett's on a mission for the Tusken Raiders. Tusken so it's, Raiders, there's, yeah. there's a lot of cool like theme, like running parallel themes here that it it makes for it sets up for potentially a, a you know a great series here. For yeah, the Book of Boba. Fett. Yeah, um, I... I don't know. If there's much other speculation on my end, but I don't know about you, Dave. Do you do you know? Any guesses, Dave? Who the mayor might be? I yeah. honestly, I. I I never thought that it would. I didn't think off the top of my head that it would be. My initial reaction wasn't, "Oh, it's going to be a callback. It's going to be someone we've seen or heard from before." I actually, I actually thought that it was a mayor and it was a political figure. So it could be that, and that could be interesting. And they could be like this. They could say that they're like the the government, or they could say that they are the party that rules the city or the towns or whatever in the area. But really, they're just acting like other. Um, you know, they're they're basically the Tuscan Raiders, but they don't live in the sand. They just happen to city. own. Yeah. yeah, they just happen to rule buildings. And, yeah, that's, the, that's, yeah, you know what I mean. I like they the sort other... of act like the bad guys, mm-hmm. but but they're not part. You know, they they sort of rule their own their own area and stuff. But if it's someone that we recognize, I'm yeah, I'm cool with that. Yeah, I think yeah. I think fine. another like, obvious speculation yeah. guess would be uh, like a hut, like Jabba's son or nephew like some sort of a hut yeah that was the other like he, i think i don't know about that one and i'll just say because i think i think java although he's part of a greater hut family i think there is something to him being like sort of the last great hut i don't know if mm-hmm. there's anything sort of superseding him or or why would they just be fine with being a like a, a mayor role and not wanting to take Jabba's palace over, right? So yeah. it's like, um, they, so, yeah. so I don't know about that one, but I do like the Kira pick. And if we're mm-hmm. gonna, I, if I'm gonna throw out a crazy pick, I'm thinking it's possible because there's enough time between 
this series and the Rise of Skywalker, enough time has passed. It's possible we could see Lando Calrissian maybe de-aged. I don't, I don't know. Like they have, oh, they have the deep crazy. fake guy working for them, yeah. so we could, we could get some crazy deep fakes, some de-aging going <laughs> on, and and seeing Lando, uh, kind of still running things in some way on Tatooine would have been hilarious. Uh, yeah, nice. and I'll, I'll throw in my hat into the character. I want to see, I want to see Cobb Vanth. I think he has to show up. Timothy yeah, Olfant. Right. That'd be great. He's perfect fitting for for this like western sort of themed show and he's a great character he's only in that one episode and he had mm-hmm. boba's armor so they're already linked so yeah i want to see him for sure yeah like maybe early on boba tried to get his armor back and, and couldn't or mm-hmm. something that, that'd be yeah cool. that's true yeah i was gonna say would that be <laughs> would that be current storyline or past i think either one yeah either one. i think either one yeah. he would work right like either one mm-hmm. he could show up even if again it's just for one episode i think i think that was one of the best episodes of the second season although it was mm-hmm. obviously very strong for mandalorian but um, that was the one of the most fun ones because it was this mm-hmm. this team up, right? So they, yeah, maybe was... he teams up with with Fett as well, right? Maybe if yeah, cool. he teams up with him, that'd be kind of interesting, right? Um, yeah. Okay. So so season one, episode one, or pre- presumably season one. I don't know. Um, yeah. It is seven episodes. I, I I looked that up, Mike. So it looks like it is seven episodes. So that's actually feels like it's not going to overstay its welcome, which is great. Um, seems like that kind of show could definitely definitely work that way. And uh, and we'll continue to break down the show as uh, as it goes on week by week, or if we have to, we'll do two episodes in one. And uh, this will be released in our main feed as well as on Patreon, where we also have Ian. What else have we done on Patreon? Because you guys got uh, a couple of damn good episodes out there on there. Yeah, we got a nice spoiler reaction from Spider-Man No Way Home, which is clearly a must-see for anybody who's into the MCU and. Uh, any any spider-man films any spider-man fans out there would want to check that out on our patreon and then of course mike power and myself we went over in detail the hawkeye series for all six episodes for some more nice bonus content there so yeah awesome. you should check it out for sure and you got this sneak peek at book of boba fett you know you're gonna get six more of those uh for each episode that comes out so yeah so exactly that's that's just scratching the surface. Just just the surface. <laughs> just the surface. Uh, we're yeah. fresh off coming off our very first uh, edition of the Backies for our 1996 video game mm-hmm. awards as well. A lot of really fun awards. That's just on our main feed. That's a non-Patreon piece. Um, had a blast doing that. And uh, like Ian said, we're going to keep breaking down this show as well. Uh, we'll probably dig into the Matrix. We'll probably dig into a bunch of things. And eventually, um, we'll also get to our favorites of 2021. Um, we have lots of catching up to do, so it's going to take us some time to get to that. But uh, yeah, but we'll get I'm, there. I'm getting ready for that myself. I'm trying to get through. I know it's. I'm caught up now, but the the Yellow Jacket series. Yeah, I want to. Uh, I want to start that too. Yeah, I can't seem to escape 1996. We've been talking about video games, <laughs> movies, and this show is set in 1996. Oh, so is it really? Amazing. Oh, I didn't know that. Amazing. Amazing. Like screams. <laughs> okay, now now I feel like I I have to watch it then just because of that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's uh, that's our uh, our first episode breakdown of uh, of the book of Boba Fett. You can find us. On all your podcast feeds and at Day Back In on any of your uh, social media platforms as well. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. And uh, thank you everyone for listening. We will uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks. Check us out on Patreon and uh, give us a follow and rating and all that fun stuff that podcasters always say. Okay, bye. <laughs>